What is up team? Welcome back to the show. Today we are talking through the best exercises for building glutes. So if you've been doing lots of squats, lunges, and deadlifts, aka all the movements you've probably heard are best for building glutes, but you still have a pancake booty, you're not alone. Um, if there's a single muscle group that most of the women we work with want to prioritize when they start coaching with our team, it's glutes. And we typically hear the same complaint which is I've been doing all the movements I'm supposed to be doing to build my butt, but I feel like my thighs just get bigger while my glutes stay the same. Now, the reality is most of the movements you've heard are great for glutes actually aren't great for glutes. Um, so today's episode takes you through the smarter glute training approach we take with our online clients and the five keys you need to implement in your program to finally build the butt you want. So we need to kick this off with a little bit of glute anatomy. Now your glutes are composed of three primary muscles. One, the gluteus maximus, AKA the glute max. Two, gluteus medius, AKA the glute med. And three, the gluteus minimus, AKA glute min. So the glute max is the largest glute muscle. Now its function is hip extension. So think pushing your hips forward on the way up from the bottom of a deadlift or pushing your thighs back on or on the way up from the bottom of a Bulgarian split squat. Next, we have the glute med. Now, this is the second largest muscle in your glutes, often thought of as your side butt. The glute med is primarily responsible for hip abduction. So think driving your knees out to the side away from the midline of your body. So for example, if you've ever used the uh, seated hip abduction machine where you're seated, you're pushing your hips apart and you really feel that spurn in the side of your butt. Here we are training abduction, which again is primary, the primary responsibility of the glute med. Now, finally, we have your glute men, which is the smallest glute muscle and has a very similar role to your glute med. It helps with abduction and also aids in internal rotation of the thigh. So now that you have a good understanding of glute anatomy, let's dig into the keys to selecting the best exercises for building your glutes. So key number one is to make the glute max your primary focus. See, since the glute max is the largest muscle group in your glutes, it makes sense that this should be the group that gets the most attention as training it properly will yield the largest visual changes. The mistake most people make is spending less time focusing on the glute max and more time focusing on the glute meat or glute men. Now, this is because the muscles of the glute meat are often easier to quote unquote feel working simply through a booty band around your knees, shuffle side to side, and you'll likely feel your glute meat burning within the first 30 seconds. Now, the important thing to remember here is sensation does not equal muscle growth. See, your muscles grow as a response to tension. So while a high rep set of booty band side shuffles might burn, your muscles are experiencing very little by way of actual tension. Let's compare this to the huge amount of tension your glute max is under when you're doing a set of Romanian deadlifts, for example. And while the glute meat is still important to train, again, it's just a smaller muscle and won't need as much dedicated work as the glute max. Now, key number two is gonna to be to train your glute max with movements that challenge the lengthened and shortened positions. So when it comes to building lean muscle, it's important to understand where the movement is most challenging slash the resistance that muscle is met with is greatest. So for every muscle group, there will be movements that are A, hardest in the shortened position. So basically when the muscle is fully contracted, and this is usually at the quote unquote top of the movement. So for example, at the top of the hip thrust, the movement is most challenging. So again, like if we look at a hip thrust, um, the bottom portion of it isn't going to be quite as challenging. Our glutes aren't 
also aren't fully contracted. So really like where we're squeezing a muscle for a short and overload position movement is where it's hardest. So again, if we look at the top of that movement, you're really squeezing your butt hard and that's where also the tension is the greatest. The muscle's fully contracted. On the other hand, we have movements that are hardest in the lengthened position. So really, again, this is when the muscle is lengthened or think stretch, the movement is most challenging. So this is usually at the bottom of the movement. So for example, at the bottom of a Romanian deadlift, our glutes are under a large stretch. That's where the movement is hardest. Whereas at the top, when our glutes are contracted, there isn't nearly as much resistance. The movement is a lot easier. Now, there will also be movements that are most challenging in the mid range. So somewhere between shortened and lengthened, but these usually lean towards being more shortened biased or more lengthened biased. So when it comes to building great glutes, using movements that are challenging in the lengthened position is important. This will be a little bit more biased towards the lower portion of your glute max. So some good lengthened glute movements would be deficit reverse lunges, bent knee Romanian deadlifts, glute dominant split squats, rear foot front heel elevated split squats, trap bar deadlifts, and glute dominant leg presses. But using movements that also overload the glute max in the shortened position is also important because these will bias more of the upper portion of the glute max. So for shortened glute movements here, we have cable kickbacks, cast glute bridges, which is basically just a glute bridge where we're stopping the descent or a hip thrust, I should say, where we're stopping the descent as soon as your knees start to be pulled back towards your chest. So it is a pretty short range of motion. We're really focusing on spending a lot of time in that contracted or close to contracted position at the top. 45 degree back extension and really any hip thrust or glute bridge variation. Now, recent research has shown us that training muscles in the lengthened position, or seems to indicate, I should say, um, because really within research, nothing is ever certain, but it does seem to tell us that training muscles in the lengthened position is probably more conducive to muscle growth than the shortened. Um, and this was actually a recent study by Schoenfeld et al. Um, so with most online clients focused on glute gains, we'll program with something like a two to one ratio of lengthened position overload movements to shortened position overload movements. So Really, you could think of that as two movements, or approximately two movements that overload the length of position for every one that overloads the shorter position. Now, keep in mind, this isn't set in stone. This is just a good rule of thumb. Um, now, what I would say from here is, and we'll dig into this a little bit more later on, but what I'll say from here is it's also a good idea to include one lengthened movement and one short and glute movement every time we are training glutes specifically. Um, so like if you have two lower body days, I would make sure to include at least one of each because that will also fully stimulate and fatigue the entire muscle tissue rather than just really overloading one portion of the movement or, um, the muscles working range without overloading the other end of the spectrum. So if we split this up across a training week, let's say that you are a more advanced client and you are training lower body three days per week. Your glute specific work could look something like, okay, day one, maybe I'm going to do a bent knee Romanian deadlift, which is going to overload the glutes in the length of position. That's going to be followed by a cast glute bridge. I'm really going to overload the glutes in the short position. Now your glutes are already going to be pretty fatigued by this point. So if we want to add another glute focused movement, if your glutes can handle a lot of volume or hard sets. From there, I would look to do another lengthened movement that is gonna really overload in a more stable position. So here we could do something like a deficit reverse lunge with hand support. 
So here we're really focusing on pushing our hips back into the movement. Basically that back leg is kind of just gliding. And we're also holding with our off hand, we have a dumbbell in one hand and with our other hand, we are holding on to like a bench or a squat rack, right? Because you're already pretty fatigued by this point, it's a good idea to use more stable movements here. Day two, we could do something like a glute dominant leg press, or excuse me, a glute dominant split squat, which is gonna be in a lengthened overload, a 45 degree back extension, which is gonna be a shortened overload, and then finally a glute dominant leg press, which is gonna be a lengthened overload, but again, that's gonna be a lot more stable movement. Now, what I'll say is for most people, this is already quite a bit of glute work, and we're already spending quite a bit of time in the lengthened position, which is inherently going to be more fatiguing and more taxing. So really, a lot of people won't need to do like three days here. But if you do have a lot of recovery capacity and you can handle and recover from a lot of volume and are really pushing for glute gains, then we could potentially add a third training day here where we're doing something like a hip-dominant trap bar deadlift, Romanian deadlift, for example, which is going to overload the lengthened a cable kickback, which could overload the shortened position. And then really, I would say like, even with someone training glutes three days per week, we could really probably call it there because again, this is a lot of glute work across the week, but we could also optionally add in something like a rear foot front heel elevated split squat with some hand support as well to make that movement a little bit more stable. And again, that's going to be a lot of length and overload. But again, it's important to note that not everyone needs to or should train their lower body three days per week like this. Um, many of our clients, the majority of our clients only train three to four days per week as a whole. So key number three, change your execution on split squats, reverse lunges, deadlifts, and squats. So one of the most problem complaints we hear from new clients trying to build their glutes is, again, I do a ton of squats and lunges, but they just make my thighs or quads grow, not my glutes. So the main issue here is the execution of a movement very largely determines what muscle groups will be targeted. So it's important to have a high level understanding of what muscles act on what joints. So if we're looking at quads, they primarily act on your knee joint. So a movement that involves a lot of bending and extending at the knee will recruit a lot of quad. Your glutes primarily act on the hip joint. So a movement that involves a lot of bending and extending at the hips, so think pushing your hips backwards and forwards, will have to recruit a lot of glutes and hamstrings. So to make a movement very quad biased, we need to focus primarily on knee flexion and extension. If we wanted to minimize glute recruitment and maximize quad recruitment, we would want to avoid too much bending and extending at the hips. Now it's not like, again, we can have combo movements here that are great for glutes and quads. But if we really wanted to just target quads, a good example of this would be a flat foot split squat, where basically we have both feet on the floor in a staggered stance. Our front foot is elevated and we're really focusing on staying very, very tall and just driving our front knee forward. So basically what happens is we can drive our front knee way forward here, basically to the point where our hamstrings touch our calves, our front knee is way out over our toes. So we have a lot of knee bend aka knee flexion, so we're getting a lot of quad, but our torso is very upright, our hips aren't really moving much at all, um, by way of bending at least at the hips. So it's primarily quads that we're targeting here. Now to make a movement very glute biased, we need to focus primarily on bending and extending at the hips. If we wanted to minimize quad involvement, we would want to avoid too much bending and extending at the knee. So a great example of this is going to be a bent knee Romanian deadlift, for example where we are still allowing the knees to bend a bit, but primarily we're just pushing our hips 
back and really thinking pulling our rib cage towards our thighs to the point where we can't push our hips back any further. Now your knees again are gonna have to bend a little bit here, but we're no, getting nowhere close to like a squat. We're not getting anywhere close to where our hamstrings are gonna touch our calves. So again, it's primarily glutes that are gonna be working here. Now to make a movement effective for both quads and glutes, we need a decent bit of bending and extending at both the knees and the hips. So a great example of this is a rear foot front heel elevated split squat. So here basically we have a front heel elevated again on a wedge or something like a 10 pound plate so that we can really drive that front knee forward. We also have a rear foot elevated. So basically at the bottom of this movement, what this looks like is typically your hamstring is gonna be pretty close to your calf. You have a lot of knee flexions, so thus a lot of quad, but also we have a big, due to that rear foot elevation, we have a big stretch on our glute at the bottom of the rep. We have some forward lean on our torso. So it's a great combo movement. So taking it back to these people that were struggling to build their glutes before starting coaching, despite doing lots of squats and lunges, the mistake they're typically making is executing these movements in a manner that's focused more on knee bending and extending, especially easy to do this with squats and lunges, and less on hip bending and extending. So again, like if we take the example of a rear foot elevated split squat, the way we execute this will make a big difference for the primary muscles recruited. So again, like if we look at a split squat, even if there is some rear heel elevation, and again, let's say your front foot is just flat on the floor, if we really focus on staying tall and just driving that front knee forward, and our hamstring is getting close to our calf, our front knee is way over the toe and our torso is upright, that's gonna be a lot of quads and not a lot of glute. On the flip side, if we really focus on making this a glute biased split squat, so really like we're initiating the movement, rather than driving the knee forward, like from the top of the rep as you descend, you're really focusing on pushing your hips back into the movement so that front knee isn't traveling forward much at all. At the bottom of the rep, we have some forward lean. Again, we're really cueing your pull your rib cage towards your thigh as you push your hips back. At the bottom of that rep, which will be a shorter range of motion for the knee, so typically we'll stop with about a 90 degree bend in the knees here, there will be a much larger stretch on your glutes, not nearly as much on your quads. So this will be a lot more glute biased. Now, understanding this, you'll also realize that a lot of movements you've heard are great glute builders really aren't for most people. A good example of this is like a tra traditional barbell back squat where we can typically achieve a lot of knee flexion, but we don't get a lot of hip flexion that we're chasing here. So it's really more a quad bias movement than a glute focused movement. All right, key number four, quit doing everything with a wide stance. Really for your glute max, narrower is a bit better. So most people have been told a wide stance is best for glutes and thus do things like sumo deadlifts and wide stance leg presses to build glutes. Now the reality is a wide stance usually is going to recruit much more of your adductor magnus, which is basically the large muscle on the inside of your thigh. Whereas a narrower, really for most people about hip width stance, will take your glute max through a greater range of motion and allow for most of the tension experience to be biased towards the glutes and less towards the adductors. So if we were going to do like a glute focused leg press, you'll typically hear, okay, for glutes, we wanna go high and wide, right? But the reality is that's gonna mostly be training your adductors. We're not gonna get as much of that overall tension on the glute max. Whereas if we put our feet relatively high on the foot plate for our leg press, 
but have our feet right at about hip width. So really they're only typically a couple inches of space between your feet for a glute focused leg press. Suddenly we're gonna experience a lot more tension in our glute max and that's gonna be forced to do most of the work because we've removed the adductors from the equation. Now the same concept should be applied to squat and deadlifts variations um, alongside the leg presses. If the goal is to target the glute max, really your stance should be relatively narrow. Now, key number five, this is very important. Quit wasting your time doing endless booty band work. The important thing to remember is muscles grow as a response to tension. It doesn't matter how much you quote unquote feel the burn in a movement. If the muscle doesn't experience enough tension, typically enough to take a movement two, three reps shy of failure or less, it won't grow. You'll see lots of people doing endless booty band workouts on Instagram with tons of things like band donkey kickbacks. And while these do burn, they don't place the muscles of your glute under any significant tension. Basically, they're a great way to waste a lot of your time in the gym without seeing any actual glute growth. So to build a great butt, most of your glute training should involve dumbbells, a barbell, or a leg press. Now, if you've been struggling to build a physique you've always wanted, despite the fact that you're always pushing hard in the gym, click the link in the show notes to apply for coaching with our team. We'll create a fully individualized training and nutrition protocol tailored specifically to you and your goals and be here to guide you with the support and accountability you need through every step of the transformation process. And that is all I have for y'all for today. As always, thank you for tuning in.